In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, today I would like to tell you a story. It's a story that has two different threads with one common theme. It's a story about marriage. It's a story about difficult trials, about the practice of heroic virtue, about the triumph of good over evil. It's the story of Tobias and St. Raphael, whose feast day is today. The theme of the story is that God rewards the just man or the just woman who persevere in the midst of trials with the spirit of faith. God is looking out for them and will reward them. Who was the just man in the story? It was the elder Tobias, Tobias Sr. Who was the just woman in the story? Sarah, the daughter of Raguel. And the story follows two threads. It follows their lives and their experience of great trial, their perseverance and virtue in the midst of their trials, and then the reward that God gives them for their fidelity to him in the midst of these trials. So let's just take a look at these two threads of the story of Tobias. Tobias the elder was with the children of Israel in their captivity in Assyria. They were living in Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, after they'd been taken into captivity. And the book of Tobias is careful to point out that, that Tobias was a holy man even from his youth. He had a greater maturity than uh, other people, even as a young man. For instance, when they were still in Israel before the captivity, he did not fall into the idolatry that was becoming very popular there in the land of Israel. Then after they were taken into captivity, into Nineveh, they, um, Tobias made sure to continue to observe the Jewish eating laws. He did not defile himself by eating foods that were not permitted to Jews. And when it came to works of charity, Tobias was spending so much time performing works of charity. Scripture says explicitly, he fed the hungry, he gave clothes to the naked, and was careful to bury the dead and them that were slain. Because of his works of charity, the king, one of the kings, one king died, another king came, and the next king was not so favorable to the Israelites living as Catholics in his own land. And he forbade them to bury their own dead. I don't know what was happening, but for whatever reason, there were lots of Israelites dropping dead um, in, in there in Nineveh. Tobias would go out and bury them. And when the king learned that, that Tobias was going against his order, and of course it was a very important thing for the Jews, they buried their own dead, that he put a death warrant on the head of Tobias. Basically, um, he had, the, the picture of Tobias was at the post office as a wanted, as someone who was wanted um, under, the, under the pain of death because of the fact that he was burying dead Israelites. In spite of all of these trials, there was something even worse that happened to Tobias and seemed to be even directly willed by God. One day, um, Scripture says, after he had been burying the dead, and it says he was even weary from burying. As I say, there must have been dead people all over the place because he was burying so many. He um, came back home and simply sat down and, and leaned himself against the wall of his house, outside of his house, and a bird came by and dropped 
some droppings on his, on his face and in his eyes. And these, these, these droppings burned his eyes so much that it caused him to become blind. This was an incredible trial for Tobias, obviously rendering him unable to complete these works of charity that he had done up to that point. But there was an addition to the trial, and this was the fact that, that his wife and his family members started making fun of him because they saw his blindness as proof that God did not love him, that all of his piety and holiness was not even regarded by God, and that he was, he was basically um, abandoned by God. They would say, this is what Scripture says, they would, they would say, Where is thy hope for which they gave, thou gave alms and buried the dead? Is this what become of all your good works, that you believed in God, that, that he would reward you? This is the reward you get? You get blindness as a result of your good works? And as they say, his wife was one of the ones who joined in mocking him. What did Tobias do in the midst of these terrible trials? He did not complain against God because of the evil of blindness that had befallen him, but continued immovable in the fear of God, giving thanks all the days of his life. He continued to believe in the goodness of God and the fact that God loved him, and he even thanked God for what had befallen him. That's one of the threads of the story. The other thread of the story concerns Sarah, the daughter of Raguel, and it's very similar to the story of Tobias. I don't find it anywhere written in the book of Tobias that Sarah was beautiful. And scripture does not hesitate to say if a woman is beautiful. But in this case, no mention is made of that. Be that as it may, it seems like there were a lot of men who wanted to marry Sarah. Seven men wanted to marry Sarah, even at great risk of their lives. She was married seven times, but each time the marriage ended in tragedy. The night of the wedding, each time, all seven times, she would go with her husband into the, the bridal chamber. And before they had consummated their, their marriage, the devil, Asmodeus, came and killed her husband. Seven times in a row, her husband died on the night of their wedding. Later in the book, Tobias Jr. is talking to the angel Raphael, and he, he expresses that he's really afraid of marrying Sarah. So St. Raphael is saying, you know, you need to marry Sarah, your kinswoman. They're, they're related. Um, and Tobias says, well, I mean, seven men have married her, and they've all died on the night of their marriage. So this does not look like a good plan to me. But the angel Raphael tells the younger Tobias, Tobias Jr., why these men all died on the night of their marriage. I will show you who they are over whom the devil can prevail. For they who in such manner receive matrimony as to shut out God from themselves and from their mind and to give themselves to their lust as the horse and mule, which do not have understanding, over them the devil has power. The reason why these men were struck dead on the night of their marriage is they married Sarah out of the wrong reason, out of lust. 
They were merely seeking to satisfy their sexual appetite, their desire for carnal pleasure. And it seemed that they lusted after her so much that they were willing to take that risk. They knew that, I mean, the later men who married, perhaps the, the, you know, the fifth husband, the sixth husband, they, they knew that the other ones had died on the day of the, of the wedding. They still went forward to marry Sarah. Sarah herself was not killed when she married these seven times because she did not enter marriage for that reason. She was uh, living in the midst of a pagan world. There were only pagan men around to marry. Um, and she did not marry them for her own pleasure. Rather, she married out of the fear of God. This is what she herself says in a, in a prayer that she prays to God. She says, Thou knowest, O Lord, that I never coveted a husband, and have kept my soul clean from all lust. Never have I joined myself with them that play, neither have I made myself partaker with them that walk in lightness. But a husband I consented to take with thy fear, not with my lust. Just like the elder Tobias, Tobias Sr., Sarah also suffered from those around her who were making fun of her and accusing her after these terrible trials had come upon her. Think of what it would be like if you had married these men and every single time it ends in total disaster. It would be a huge trial. Well, there was one of the servant maids in their household who was basically accusing her of killing her own husbands. Said, oh, you are a husband killer. This is why they're dying. They're not being struck dead for some mysterious reason. But you are the one who is killing them. This accusation distressed Sarah very much. She probably understood that others were saying the same thing about her. And her response was not to become bitter and angry, but rather to turn to prayer, to have confidence in God that despite these terrible trials that she was undergoing, that God was still with her. So she, um, here's, this was the response as, as given in the book of Tobias. At these words from the, from the servant maid, she went into an upper chamber of her house, and for three days and three nights did neither eat nor drink, but continuing in prayer with tears, besought God that he would deliver her from this reproach. She asked God to assist her in this terrible trial. In the end, the angel Raphael explains that God wanted the elders Tobias and Sarah to undergo these trials. He wanted them to experience these difficulties. He wanted them to grow in perfection. He wanted them to become holier. And the main way in which we gain, we, we gain holiness in this life is that we persevere in difficult trials in our faith, having confidence in God that he will bring us through the trials and we will be able to um, grow closer to him. God also wanted them to be holy, become holy so that they could provide an example for future generations. All the way up into the present day, 2021, Tobias and Sarah are meant to be an example to us, that to our own generation that is, that is so full of lust, so full of selfishness, so full of a lack of trust in God. They are meant to be an example to even our own generation in the 21st century. As I say, after their trial, after they prove their virtue in 
persevering in their faith in God in the midst of their trial, turning to prayer in the midst of their terrible trials, God will to send them a reward. And that reward came in the form of the archangel, St. Raphael. The name Raphael means medicine of God. So St. Raphael was sent to assist both Tobias Sr. and Sarah at the same time. What he did for them was bring them incredible blessings, even in this life. First of all, he guided Tobias Jr. on the journey and took Tobias Jr. to Sarah's house, as I say, and, and told Tobias Jr. that he was to marry Sarah. Um, they, uh, as I say, they were relatives. They were both worshipers of the true God. And it turns out <clears throat> that God wanted Sarah to go through all these trials because he didn't want any of these pagan husbands to be her husband. He wanted um, her to have a believer in the true God as her husband. He was waiting, preparing Tobias Jr. to be her husband. And so they got married. Um, St. Raphael talked Tobias into, into marrying her. And on the night of their marriage, uh, Tobias bound the devil Asmodeus in the deserts of Egypt so that he could not kill the younger Tobias. And, you know, Sarah's parents, they actually dug a grave during the night just in case Tobias died that would be ready. And when they woke up in the morning um, and they found him dead, they, could, they would have a place to put him. But when they sent the servants to go, go to the bridal chamber and see how they're doing, um, they found that Tobias was still alive in the morning. They were both sleeping peacefully in their beds. But St. Raphael, besides binding the devil, he told Tobias that he was not to consummate his marriage on the first three nights, but rather that he and his new wife were to give themselves over to prayer on each of those nights, that they were to start off their marriage with um, this in intention of directing their marriage towards God. And this is exactly what Tobias did. He followed the directions of St. Raphael. And on the first night, he said to Sarah, he said, Sarah, arise and let us pray to God today and tomorrow and the next day, because for these three nights we are joined to God, not to one another. For we are the children of the saints. We must not be joined together like the heathens that do not know God. So Tobias Jr. followed the directions of St. Raphael. He was able to remain alive in his marriage with Sarah. And then when he returned home with his new wife, um, St. Raphael gave him the part of a fish, the gall of the fish, uh, Scripture says, with which to anoint the eyes of his father. And so he brought his wife home and took the, the fish, anointed the eyes of his father, and they were like scales falling off his father's eyes. And from that point, he, his sight was restored to him. And it was at that time that the St. Raphael revealed himself. He said, I am an angel of God. And um, the purpose of all of this was that through your trials, you might be proven. You might grow in holiness. And you did not see it, but when you were praying... And you, Tobias Sr., were praying. Or you, Sarah, were praying. I was taking your prayers, and I was lifting, I was taking them up to God so that they might reach God and he might hear your prayers. And, of course, as a result of the prayers, his ministrations were given to them. So, my dear faithful, there's so many beautiful lessons in this wonderful story of the book of Tobias. I hope that... Um, at some point in your Catholic life, you've read this book. If you have not, you need to 
to read it as soon as possible. Um, there's so many lessons for us. First of all, though we are surrounded by a paganized world, a secularized world today, in the 21st century, it's so important for us to live an authentic Catholic life in the midst of a godless society. Um, it, we, we have Ninevehs everywhere, and we are yet Catholics who have a belief in God, and it's important that we live according to that belief. We must persevere in the good in the midst of, of the trials that we have. It's not the easiest thing to live, live an authentic Catholic life in this world as it is today. Certainly society is not designed to assist you to, to live, to raise a big family, to, to live your Catholic life, not giving you a lot of support. But you must persevere because God will be with you. If in the midst of your trials, whatever happens to you in, in raising your family, if you are faithful to God, he will reward you. And, and I must say that it, even, even if the reward is only to come, or the full reward is only to come in the next life, we must persevere. But you will also be rewarded in this life. Your own family is a huge reward. Think of how much richer your life is because you've had the family that God wanted to give to you. Rather than just have this uh, career-minded family uh, that only has a, a few children, or both, both uh, husband and wife are, are working, you're seeking to achieve your happiness through material pleasures, you would get much less out of your life, even in this life, than if you um, did what God wanted you to do with your family. Another lesson we can take from this story is, is the results of lust. Lust kills. The, the, the sin of lust, it, it kills the soul. It makes the soul dead. It also has physical consequences. It's destructive of the body as well. The death of these seven men is, is symbolic of the results of lust. We must keep ourselves free from these lustful desires in the midst of, of a godless world, a very lustful society. We must not be like the horse and the mule. We do not know better, but we must restrain these uh, Disordered impulses of our sexual appetite. Another and a final lesson I will point out from this beautiful story is how important it is for a husband and wife to pray together. What a beautiful scene it is to, to see Tobias and Sarah kneeling down beside their bed together and addressing their prayers to God on those three nights. Of course, this is something that must happen all throughout your married life. You, um, as husband and wife, must together beg God for the graces that you need to be successful in your marriage, for the, for the spiritual strength that you need to persevere in your vocation in this world, to ask God for all those blessings that he so much wants to give you, to demand of God those graces of state that are owed to you because you are in a sacramental marriage. You must have faith that if you, as a couple... Pray together. God will give you all the grace that you need to accomplish that high goal for which he has created you. So my dear faithful, let us, let us call upon St. Raphael today and all the other angels that we might live as children of the saints in this life. That we might persevere, especially we might persevere in the midst of our trials being faithful to God in order to keep always this supernatural goal in mind and gain the strength that we need to gain our heavenly crown. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.